This is the Kitzer of Sichem Beis of Parshas Ve'eda in Chelik Yeralef on page 24. This is a Sicha on the Rashis of the Makkah of Orev. First, the Rebbe begins with what the Pasuk says, Mashliach Bacha Esa Orev. And Rashi says that the meaning of Mashliach Bacha is Magare Bacha, in sight. And he brings the Raya from Vishem Behemus Ashalach Bam. And then Rashi says, Loshen Shisri, that it means to incite. And Rashi uses a different term. So the fact that Rashi says that the word mashliach does not mean to send, but it means to incite, is very understood. As the Rabbi here brings the reasons that it says in Mepharshim, it says mashliach, not mishaleach, and it doesn't say, um, the Pasuk says mashliach bach, it doesn't say who, it says first says tuhu, which means that it means to incite, and also it says bach and not lach, as the Rabbi brings over here. However, the question is, why does Rashi say two different things? It's a lotion of megara. And then he says, Lashen Shisui. And, and Rashi separates them. First he says, Megara. Then he brings a raya from Vishen Behemus, a Shalak bomb. And then he says, Lashen Shisui. Don't they mean one and the same thing? And if it doesn't mean the same thing, so then what is the proof to this Lashen of Shisui? Rashi doesn't bring any proof for that. And Rashi brings the raya from Vishen Behemus, a Shalak bomb, and not from a Pasuk that it says in Parshish Bechukaisai, Vishlachti Bechemus Chayas Asada, which is an earlier Pasuk, and over there it's also talking about Chayas. Why does Rashi do that? Then the Rebbe says, Let's look at the next Rashi, Esa Orev. So there Rashi says that the Orev consists of Kol Minichayis Rois, and there's Nechoshen, Bar Kravim, Bar Buvia, they all came in a mixture. And then Rashi brings a Medrash, Vyashtam Bedava Bar Goda, Bechol Maka, Maka, Lomazu, Lomazu. There's a reason in the Medrash for all the Makas. Betachsisim, Mochomis, Molochem, Baalem, Kesedem, Malchus. Rashi says that the Medrash says that they came, the Abishta comes on the Mitzrayim, like the tactics of a king. Keshetzara, Al-Ir, Betchilim, Akalka, Manesel. When you're placing siege in a city, first you destroy the water. And then you blow with shayfris to, to scare them, to confuse them. And made this noise as well to, to scare the mitzvim. So here the Rebbe has a, a, a couple of very simple questions on this Rashi. Why does Rashi point out specifically the Nechoshen Vakrav? Rashi says, Chayis Rois includes all wild beasts. There's a discussion in Medrash, whether it's Daivim Arayis Vinimarim or Tzron Vyatushin. The Medrash discusses what the wild beasts consist of. But Rashi doesn't bring any of that. Rashi just says wild beasts. Chayis Rois. So why does Rashi spell out Nechoshen Vakrav? And besides that, Rashi here brings this Medrash about what the Makis are about. That is the tactic that's used in wars that the Ebrish is using against the Mitzrayim. Why suddenly by order, the fourth Makkah, does Rashi remind himself to explain us what the objective of the Makis are? Why isn't Rashi bring it earlier? Mepharshim say that the earlier Makis don't need any explanation. It's self-understood over there. But Rashi doesn't quote the continuation of the Medrash where it explains what the Makkah of Arif itself is about. Rashi misses that. If the main reason is to explain the Makkah of Arif, so then why does Rashi just say V'chulu? And he doesn't quote the main point of what the purpose of the Makkah of Arif is. So why is Rashi bringing this here? Besides that, usually Rashi brings the pshat of a word, if he's talking about two different points, so he talks about it in two separate Rashi's. Here, in the same Rashi, he explains what Arev is, and then as a continuation, he explains what the objective of the Mak is. Why is this a continuation in this Rashi? And also, when Rashi quotes this Medrash, he focuses primarily on the Tzvardeya, the noise that Tzvardeya made. Why is that the main thing? And Rashi points out that it's a Medrash, and then Rashi points out that it's Rabbi Tanchuma. Why? So, the Rebbe explains that the unique thing about this Makkah of Arev is that the Teiret does not describe what the Makkah is. By all the Makkahs, it's very clear to see what the punishment and destruction of the Makkah was. By Dam, by Tzvardeh, by all the Makkahs. Arev, the Teiret describes it as Esha Arev. The Abish is going to bring a mixture. 
Not only that, the Pasuk says, Es Ha'arev. David is bringing the mixture. In other words, that is the whole point of the Makkah. And as Rashi actually quotes from the Pasuk, Es Ha'arev, the mixture. Why is that the main point of the Makkah? Why doesn't the Pasuk say anything else? So therefore, we must say that we understand that it's animals, and that it's wild beasts, from something that the Pasuk says here. Mashliach. Mashliach means to incite. Who are you inciting? You incite, you're inciting wild beasts. It's the word mashliach that shows us that we're talking about the wild beasts. Okay, but the question still remains. Why does the Pasuk not spell out clearly the wild beasts and the destruction that they made? The main thing that it focuses on is ha'arif, the fact that it's a mixture of wild beasts. So from this you see that in the entire Makkah here, yes, there was physical destruction, but that's not the main point of the Makkah. An even greater point and a greater objective of the Makkah is the fact that they came as a mixture. That is the mainness. No other thing does the Pasuk focus on. And therefore, any other major ness that you may think happened in this Makkah is not part of the Makkah. For example, it was wild beasts, it was not animals. Domesticated animals were not part of this Makkah. That would have been another greatness which the Pasuk doesn't focus on. It's only Ha'arev. And therefore, when Rashi comes and explains that the word, of the, the word Mashliach means to incite. And then Rashi explains that the source for this is that you find by, by animals that they have to be incited. But then Rashi explains if it's wild beasts, they have to be incited. Wild beasts are just wild on their own. They'll go and destroy on their own. Then Rashi adds, Loshin Shisri. Over here we understand that they were additionally incited to go and harm and bite and destroy more than their usual. And therefore the Pasuk says, Mashliach, even though they would have been wild on their own. That's why Rashi adds Lashen Shisri, because they were wild beasts anyway. So it has to be that they were additionally incited to go and attack with greater vigor. That's the Pshat of Ha'arif. So when Rashi in the next Rashi, Ha'arif, describes the mixture of the animals, Rashi is just describing that this is the whole point of the Makkah, the mixture of the animals. That's it. But Rashi does point out the Nechoshim and Akraven, because there is a Mashmos in the Pasik that just like the Ore filled the houses, so too the Ore filled the ground. In other words, the animals were underground. So in order to explain that this was not an additional miracle, so Rashi explains that it was actually the snakes and scorpions that were underground, because that's natural for the snakes and scorpions. If it would have been any other wild beasts that were underground, that would have been an additional great miracle. And the Pasik doesn't point that out. Again, the Pasik only focuses on the word Ha-Ore. It doesn't even bother mentioning the actual destruction itself, just Ha'arev. That's the main point of the Makkah. No other miracle here. So therefore, Rashi points out that it was the Nechoshim and Akravim that filled the pits and underground, and that's something which is natural. But now, the main point here is, why is this the main point of the Makkah, the mixture of the animals? How about the very destruction itself, the physical destruction that it brought about, the harm that it brought about? Why isn't the Pasuk focusing on that? So Rashi immediately continues and explains that we find what it says in the Medrash regarding the Makkah of the Tzvardeya, that a tactic in a war is the fear, the confusion that you put into your enemy. And that was also the main objective of the Makkah of Arev. Rashi focuses specifically on what it says by Tzvardeya because that will explain to us why when it comes to the Makkah of Arev, the Torah is telling us only this detail of Arev, the mixture of animals, because that brings about a tremendous confusion. And not only that, Rashi points to the continuation of what it says in Medrash Rabbi Tanchuma, that it says there by the Mark of Tzvardeya, that Kirkuron Hoyekoshalem Ashchasosam. The noise that the Tzvardeya made 
was more difficult for the Mitzrayim to handle than the actual destruction that the Tzvardaya brought. So the same thing could be said over here regarding Oroiv, that the noise and the mixture of these animals that came to attack them, the, the psychological warfare that the Abishas staged and waged against the Mitzrayim was more harmful than the actual physical damage that the Makkah brought about. And therefore it says specifically Oroiv, it focuses on the mixture of animals that came and confused them. Now, the Rebbe says that there's a tremendous chiddush that comes out from these Rashis here. The main reason for the first three Makis was to hit their gods and also to prove the Khartoum Mitzrayim that Etzbal because they couldn't make the Kinah. That was the main objective of the Makkah. Therefore, the Rebbe says, we only find by order that the Torah says Vehiflesi, that the Yidin were not affected by the Makkah. By the pr- previous three Makis, it doesn't say that. And the Eben Ezra actually says that the Yidin were affected by the Makkah as well. The Radva says that's impossible. Because if so, how would Pari take a message that he has to send the Yidin out of Mitzrayim if the Yidin were affected as well? But the point here is, according to Rashi, the main point of the Makkah is not in order to prove to Pari that he has to send Yidin out of Mitzrayim, but actually to hit his gods. Teida, Bezeis Teida, Keani Hashem. And therefore, every single place where there is the God of the Mitzrayim, the Nidera Vedizara, has to be affected. Otherwise, Pari could say, look, there's a part of my God that wasn't affected. And the same thing with Etzba Alekimi. In order to prove that the Makkah of Kinnim came totally from God, which is unlimited, it had to affect every area in Mitzrayim without exception, so that the Khartoum Mitzrayim shouldn't say that, no, it's Moshe and Aaron that did so, and they are limited, and therefore they couldn't bring it in a certain place in Mitzrayim. So therefore, the first three Makkahs, all the Yidin as well, like the Mitzrayim, were in this Makkah to be able to achieve the objective of those makis. All of is the first time where the Torah says to Flesi, that the Eden weren't affected by this. The Pnimi Yisan Yonim, the Rebbe says, we could say, by the previous makis, there wouldn't be any thought to say that the barrier between Yidin and the Mitzrayim has been broken down. Even if the Yidin are suffering together with the Mitzrayim, the Yidin would understand that they have to remain separated from the Mitzrayim. However, when it comes to the Makkah of Orev, since the whole Makkah itself consists of the fact that the barriers of nature between one animal and another are broken down and all the animals are coming as a mixture, the Yidin might take this as a message regarding themselves as well, that the barrier between them and the Mitzrayim has been broken down and they can assimilate with the Mitzrayim, God forbid. So therefore, it's specifically by this Makkah that Abish has to separate and put up a barrier between them and the Mitzrayim to say that, no, you are separate. And this is a very important lesson for the time period that we're living in today, when many barriers and norms in the whole world and society have been broken down. So you can think that the barriers between Yidin and Goyim, Chas v'shalom, also should be broken down. So therefore we have to remember that definitely now, after Matan how much more so that we have to keep up that barrier between Yidin and Goyim. And that includes every single Yid. Like in Mitzrayim, even those that that never ended up leaving Mitzrayim are separate from the Havdullah Goy. And the same thing is also today, that by keeping up the barrier between Yidin and Goyim and connecting to the Eivishter, we remove any barrier between us and the Eivishter and we bring about the Gula Mitzvah Shlema Ayyadei Mashiach Tzitkeinu.